team. What a great uh, man uh, set of worship. And I know that my heart was ministered to, and I hope that yours was right where you are. What's up, BCM family? You're looking good. I know you're like, why are you saying you're looking good? Can you even see us? We actually can see you. We do have a screen right here, so we, we can like, we can see your faces there. I can see you, Ryan. I can. I'm a. This is so hood. I'm gonna step off the camera for a minute, just so I can. So I can. Show, I can show you. I can see you. I can see you, Genesis. I see you. Hey, Genesis. See you, Ryan. See you, Meek. I see you, Savannah, Sush, and Hannah, Zachariah, Rebecca. Man, there's several of you out there, and so man, and of course the chief of staff. Austin is there holding things down. And so, <laughs> man, thanks for, thanks for man, uh, jumping in, BCM family, tonight. And I want you to know that, uh, man, we love you. And in this season, while we are socially distant, we're going to do all we can to stay spiritually unified. We've said this. We've declared this as a team. We've declared this as a family that COVID can't kill the mission of God at USF nor can it kill the mission of God on the planet. Now, the church I grew up in, I was just used to people like responding back, and I know we're not in the same room together, but it's okay to type amen, okay, in the chat box so that we know you out there, all right? And so, listen, I'm very, very excited. If this is your first time, you're wondering who is this scrub, okay, that's on the camera speaking right now. That's exactly what I am. I am a scrub. My name is Jay, and I do have the privilege of Man, serving the college students that are involved in this ministry called uh, the BCM. And uh, man, just very grateful, very humbled every time I had the opportunity uh, to, man, open up the word of God with you together. This is your first time. You need to know that we make a big deal about a couple of things that were unapologetic about it. We make a big stinking deal about you, about people, regardless of your background, regardless of your ethnicity, your color of skin, or where you may be from, whether you speak one language or multiple languages, which is pretty cool, by the way, if that is you. Listen, you are somebody because God says you are somebody. We also make a di big deal about one name, that name that is above every single name. It's not the name of Jay Sanders, no, no, no. Not the name of BCM, it is the name of Jesus. We do believe that when your story and his story collides, it has the ability, he has the ability to change every single thing about you. We also make a big deal about one word and about one book that is the word of God. We believe that it is inspired from the beginning to the end. Every, every word that is, that is in God's word has been inspired, man, by, by God. We understand that some of you who are here, that are listening, that are watching right now, it's very possible. You may say, I'm not quite sure how, how I feel about this. Even if I believe this, that's okay. You can belong in this family way before you believe anything that, uh, that we, we believe. If you go to Taco Bell, you're going to get tacos, hopefully. And if you go to Chick-fil-A, you're going to get you a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Okay, I'll use my education, a sandwich, okay? If you go to McDonald's, maybe you'll get some chicken nuggets. Here, every single time we get together, we want to open up the word of God and allow him to speak to us. So I don't plan on taking long. I understand that you're watching, man, uh, from right where you are, looking in at a screen. And so we want to be very uh, sensitive to that. But we also want to give, uh, man, God his due time to also speak to us right where we are. And I do hope, I was praying for each and every one of us. Earlier today, I had a chance to hang out at a coffee shop and spending some time uh, man, reviewing what God was going to hopefully share with us uh, tonight and just asking that God would use his word 
uh, to encourage us, to challenge us uh, right where you are, in your apartment, in your dorm, in your car, wherever you may be at uh, at, this, at this time. Hey, so uh, Josephina, my wife and I's uh, life has changed pretty drastically um, over the last year and a couple of months. In fact, we have a guest room that's in our house, and that's exactly what it was used for, uh, for, for guests and our family that would come over and, and visit from time to time. And other than that, that room, it stayed pretty, pretty empty until about a year and a couple of months ago when this little human who is four years old moved into our house, this little human, okay, who is full of energy and tenacious, resilient, sometimes sassy and bold, uh, but beautiful child moved into our home about uh, a year and a couple of months ago. This little girl, her name is Aria, and I believe we have a picture actually to show you, and this is a picture of, of Aria. And uh, Aria is uh, our daughter that we get to foster uh, in this season. We love each and every day that God gives to us to be able to you know, be her foster parents in this, in this season. Not enough time tonight to be able to share with you her story, and hopefully at, at some point as you're hanging around the BCM uh, building, you'll get a chance to, to meet her. Uh, and I hope there will come a time where I'll be able to share more of her story with you uh, later. But it is a story for sure of God's, of God's grace. Uh, we don't know uh, if Arya will be with us for a short period of time or maybe even forever. And if you are a praying person, we would encourage you to be praying for us even this year, I would tell you as a family, because this is going to be a, a big year in that journey. Uh, Arya is so funny. It didn't take us long when she moved into uh, our house to find out she was a ball of energy. And we, like I said, didn't have a little kid at all in our home. We had our dog. He's like a kid. And Journey is his name. And Arya has become like his best friend now. He's very protective of her. Arya, man, she awakes before the sun rises. That's when Jay really needs prayer, okay? And uh, when she gets up, she is ready to go. It's so funny. We'll set her clothes out now, and she'll get dressed, and she'll play with her toys, and she'll talk to her make-believe friends, which is okay now. It won't be okay when she's in college someday, you know what I mean? But it's okay for, right now, for her right now to talk to her make-believe friends. Uh, and if she can, uh, man, she, would, she would fill her time with cartoons and stuff and, uh, and cereal. She loves her cereal. She just loves Loves, loves, loves uh, being active. She's in daycare, and every day that I have the chance to pick her up from daycare, I will ask her teachers, how did she do today? And most of the times, they'll say, man, Arya, she was fantastic. She was helpful. In fact, this month, she's the, the student of the month for being friendly and for being helpful. We love saying that. But there have been times, however, where the teacher will say, you know what, Arya, today at nap time, she wouldn't sleep. She wouldn't sleep, and that doesn't surprise us because even over the weekend, we have nap time. At noon, we have nap time in our house, and Arya thinks that nap time is from Satan himself, okay? And yet, <laughs> we tell her, we try to convince her that, Arya, it's not 
It is not, nap time is not from, from Satan. Do you guys remember nap time, okay, like when you were in daycare? Like, I wish we could bring that back. You know what I'm saying? But for her, she is still not convinced, okay, that nap time is from God. She is convinced that nap time, it is from Satan himself. She would much rather man fill her time with stuff, with noise, with activity, with busyness, than to slow down and to be still. Does that sound like somebody you know? You're like, yeah, my roommate. What about you? Man, all of us, I think if we are honest, we can, we can get into that vibe. We love, man, to be busy. We fill our lives with stuff and with noise and activity and busyness. And it is so hard maybe for a lot of us to just slow down, to chill, and to be still. You were here last week, and you heard me say that my wife, she is a Dominican-American. She was raised in the Dominican Republic. And it's just a part of her culture just to chill. She helps me to slow down, okay? She likes chilling. They have siesta time in the DR. It's great at noon. Everybody just kind of just chills. But that is really, if I can be honest with you, not in, just not in my DNA. I wish it was more of, but it, it really isn't. So maybe... Tonight, the topic that we're going to tackle, maybe it's just for me. Maybe I'll just be speaking to myself and not to any of you. Last week, we began a collection of talks, a series that we've been calling Don't Waste Your 20s. And I recognize for some of you, you're like, I'm not in my 20s. Okay, just switch the numbers 20s to your life. We're going to be tackling a, a couple of areas where we may be tempted, man, to just to waste our life. And last week, we talked about how, listen, life is short. And we shouldn't get too attached, okay, to this planet and everything that comes with it because we won't be here for too long. Tonight, I want to talk to us about a topic that maybe you wouldn't, it wouldn't rise to the top, you know, like maybe there would be some topics that would come that you would say, for sure we're going to talk about dating, and we are, that'll be next week. For sure we're going to talk about sex. Oh, and we will, that's coming in a couple of weeks. But tonight I want to talk about specifically this topic of hurrying, being busy, and if you're wanting to kind of like to like write, man, what the title of a message is, you can just write down these words, unhurried, unhurried. That's what we're going we're gonna to really wrestle with that tonight because we are a busy and distracted people and culture. Wouldn't you agree? If so, in the chat box, would you say, uh-huh, or just yes, or for sure, Jay, I'm with you. We're busy with college. Many college students, according to statistics, will say this, will burn the midnight oil several nights of the week just to stay on top of their classes and are on the verge of burnout. In fact, maybe this is a bad assumption, but there's probably some folks under the sound of my voice. It's only, what, the third week of the, of the school year, and some of you are already on the verge of burnout. We're busy with our jobs. 86% of men and 67% of women in the U.S. work on an average of more than 40 hours a week. Yet, according to research, most workers feel like they never have enough time to get everything done. CNN did a six-year study which said busyness causes emotional problems. And in their study of 2,500 workers, those who worked 11-hour days were 2.5 times more likely to become depressed than those who worked eight-hour days. The average American gets two hours less sleep than our great-grandparents did 100 years 
ago, according to research. We are easily distracted. Okay, I'll be the first one to say I am easily distracted. I have ADD. If I see a bird in the middle of the conversation, please forgive me because I will certainly be distracted. I'm like, whoa, there's a bird. Hey, you know, I'm easily distracted. And maybe some of you can relate with me. 2007 was a big year on the planet. You're like, what happened then? Well, there was a guy by the name of Steve Jobs who released the iPhone into the wild. For those of you who have an iPhone, just raise your hand so I can see you on the screen. If you're like, I have an iPhone or an Apple product, I see you. For the rest of you, I don't understand you. I'm praying for you, AP. I see you down there, man, you know? Hey, <laughs> uh, listen, note this. It was also a few months after Facebook opened up to anybody with an email address. It was the year of microblogging app called Twitter became its own platform. It was the year uh, one of the cloud along with the app store and a list of other technological breakthroughs all around 2007, the official start date of the digital age. A recent study found that the average, check this out, iPhone user touches his or her phone 2,617 times a day. A day. That's a lot. Each user is on his or her phone for two and a half hours over 76 sessions. Now, if you're sitting there and you get nervous, you know, because you're the... You're like, man, are we going to get to the word? We're going to get to it. Just hang on. Keep your Bible out, okay? This is just laying the foundation. Our attention span is dropping with each passing year. In 2000, before the digital revolution, it was 12 seconds. But check this out. But since then, it's dropped to eight seconds. To put things in perspective, a goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds. I would say it's pretty sad when a goldfish has longer attention span than humans. So I guess I better speak this message up quickly. We are a busy and distracted people. Would you agree? Let's take a little self-inventory. Here are 10 signs you may be battling with busyness and hurry in your life right now. I want you to lean in, and I want you to listen, and I want you to do some self-introspection as I share a couple of these things with you. The first word that comes to mind is irritability. You get mad and you get frustrated or you're just annoyed way too easily. Easily, Little normal things irk you. Is that you? It may be a sign you're battling with some hurry and some business in your life. Hypersensitivity is another word. All it takes is a minor comment to hurt your feelings a grumpy email to set you off or text, or a little turn of events to throw you into an emotional funk and ruin your day. Some of you, you're there right now, hypersensitive. And it's everybody else's problem. You haven't even thought, maybe it's just the fact that you're just tired. You're exhausted. You're on the verge of burnout. You've been busy. Another one is restlessness. When you actually try to slow down and rest, you can't relax. You can't rest. Another, another one might be workaholism or just nonstop activity. Or worse, you literally, you just can't stop. And it's so, um, it's so amazing in our culture. If I were to say an alcoholic, man, we would have maybe a negative reaction to that. But when we say workaholic, that's something that we can, we can celebrate in our culture. Yet, I'm not sure that's a good thing. 
or emotional numbness. You just don't have the capacity to feel another's pain or your own pain for that matter. For some of you listening to me and watching right now, you are man, emotionally numb. You can't feel anything. It could be a sign that you've been very busy. You've been in this, this mode of hustle. Or out of order priorities. You feel disconnected from your identity and calling. You're always getting sucked into the tyranny of the urgent and not the important. Or the lack of care for your body. You don't have time for the basics. Basics. Eight hours of sleep a night, daily exercise, or healthy home-cooked food, or minimum stimulants, or, or margin. Another mark here may be escapist behaviors. When you're too tired to do what's actually life-giving for your soul, you turn your distraction of choice to overeating, to binge-watching Netflix, to browsing social media, or looking at pornography. You name your preferred cultural Narcotic or a slippage of spiritual disciplines. The quiet time in the morning is gone. Your scripture being saturated in the daily, it is gone. Prayer and worship on Sunday, being involved in a local church. You say, Psh, I don't need to be involved in a local church. It's very possible. Some of you listening right now, you say, man, I go on Thursdays. That's my local church. Let me be very clear on the outset. This is not a local church. God's plan for each and every one of us is for us to be plugged into a local church. And if any way we can come alongside you and to help you, man, find a life-giving church in this city, don't hesitate to let us know. We'd love to help you with that. Another mark is this isolation. You feel disconnected from God or others and your own soul. So we did some self-introspection. How did you score? Was there anything in there that you're like, yep, that hit me. In fact, I'll be the first one to say, there's some things on the list, it hits me. Would anybody else raise their hand out there and say, yep, Jay, there's some things on here for sure that, that are hitting me right where I'm at. I see you. Thanks for being honest. I'm glad we don't, have a, we don't have a bunch of liars at the BCM. We got honest people. That's what I'm talking about. We all probably can find ourselves somewhere on that list. Can I ask you this question? And maybe you can write this down and even think about this later on. Do you like who you are becoming? Do you like who you are becoming? Because I know that when I'm in a hurry and when I'm busy and I'm on the verge of, of burnout, I am not a very pleasant person to be around. Maybe you're different. Do you like who you are becoming? God's word has something to say about busyness. And tonight, once again, my goal is not to man, explain a text to death. I don't want you to get weary over the screen. But we do want to run to God's word and make a few observations. Maybe you'll find yourself in the story. I want to make just one point. I don't have three points or five points or 15 points tonight. Just one point. I hope that's okay for us to be able to rally around. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, would you open them to Luke chapter 10? Would you meet me there? In Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 38, verse 38 to 42 is where we're going to be at. Just for a few moments, I promise you, and then I'll be finished. Let us approach God's word tonight with two heart attitudes. One is expectation. You know, that same kind of expectation you have, okay, when you go to Chick-fil-A, you just, at least for me, I'll just speak for myself, I have an expectation that the customer service is going to be excellent. I also hope that you would have a, not only expectation, but a heart attitude of surrender. 
we would approach God's word with expectation that God tonight, you're going to speak to me. And whatever you say, my yes is on the table. I am willing to surrender. Luke 10, verse 38, you got it? It'll be on the screen. It says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted. Say distracted right where you are. Say distracted. You may be weird. It's okay to talk to yourself right now. Say distracted. Distracted. I don't want you to miss that part. Distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked. She had an attitude, by the way. She said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Oh, she's a little frustrated. She's a little burnt out. Verse 41, the Lord replies and he says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. Pause right there. I wonder if that describes some of your life right now. You are worried, you are upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Two miles from Jerusalem on the eastern slopes of the Mount of Olives, there is a village called Bethany. It's a bedrock community of Jerusalem. Living in that community was a family very special to Jesus. Mary, Martha, and their brother, Lazarus. Three single adults. If you were to ask people at that time, hey, who's Jesus close to? They would, they would have mentioned these folks for sure at the, at the top of their list. Jesus is very close to this family. He's friends with Jesus loved going there. It was a place of physical refuge, of emotional relaxation and a spiritual refreshment. Do you have a place like that? Do you have a place that you just like love going to? You love it because when you go there, you can just, you can just chill. You can just be. In fact, write in the chat box. Why don't you just write a place where that would be for you? For me, it's in Punta Cana and Dominican Republic. Man, I love going there. I can rest spiritually, physically, emotionally. The author of this book is Luke, and he is expressing a balance between working for God and worshiping God. Working for God and worshiping God. Martha is working. Mary is worshiping. It's not either or. It's always both and. And it seems that Martha receives Jesus or welcomes him in to her home. She receives him and then neglects him for working for him. Paul's the story. I have a friend, he would say this, don't get so busy working for the God that you love that you don't spend time with the God that you love. Listen to this, Corey Teen Boom, this quote will be on the screen, it says this, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. If the devil can't make you sin, he will make you busy. Back to the story. Mary, it seems, did what she could. Then she sat at the feet of Jesus. Knowing what we do with Christ is more important than what we do for Christ. Martha feels frustrated. She feels neglected. She feels burnt out. She complains and even suggests that neither Jesus nor Mary really 
care. Now, that's some boldness. Can you imagine going up to Jesus and be like, you don't care. <laughs> like, you don't care about me, Jesus? Man, she had some, she had a little hood in her, man. She was bold, you know? You don't care about me? It's crazy. And Jesus tells Martha that Mary actually has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. This reminds me of a verse of what it says in John 15, 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches, and if you remain, some Bible version says, if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, and apart from me, you can do nothing. And Mary knew in Matthew 4, 4, where it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. She couldn't live by bread alone. In verse 41, he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and you are troubled about many things. Listen to me. Lean in where you are. Does that describe your life right now? I don't believe it is a mistake that any of you are on the other side of the screen listening and watching. I think God knew. Some of you, starting with me first, we needed to hear this message today. He says, you are worried and you are troubled about many things. Another way of saying that is, you are pulled in opposite directions. Martha had allowed her work to pull her apart and distract her from that which was better. I will confess, Jay Sanders has been there. Where I've allowed my work to distract me from that which is better. Her priorities were all mixed up, and she forgot that her intimacy with God is greater than her activity for God. Your activity for God should flow from your intimacy with God. I wonder for some of us if God says, that's amazing. You're talking about me, but it's been a while since you talked to me. You're singing about me, but we haven't hung out in a long time. You're telling other, others about how they need to have intimacy with me, but you know what? It's been a long time since we've just chilled together. Where have you been? It's obvious that Martha is stressed out to the max. She's lacking joy, which is, by the way, a fruit of the Spirit. Being rude is not a fruit of the Spirit. Being burnt out, as the last time I checked, is not a fruit of the Spirit. But joy is. When we're exhausted, we can lack joy. She wasn't productive. Her output was greater than her input. It's crazy. She was dividing her attention because she was trying to be everywhere. She couldn't fully be present anywhere. Does that describe you? Have you found yourself in the story? I know that I have. Martha, by the way, isn't a terrible woman. Don't get it twisted. Because you can look at her and you go, man, she's terrible. Martha isn't a terrible woman. It's just that in this moment, she's got her priorities mixed. So there's just one point, just one point that I want us to rally behind tonight. And then I'm going to be finished. I want to keep it short. That is this. Hurry is the enemy to care. Hurry is the enemy to care. Hurry cuts off your connection with God, with others, and with your own soul. 
Hurry is the enemy to care. Busyness and hurry will make you feel like a ghost. It will make you feel half alive and half dead, more numb than anything else, flat and one-dimensional, emotionally living with an undercurrent of non-stop anxiety that rarely goes away. And some of you under the sound of my voice tonight, you are anxious. You can't figure it out. You can't figure out why. And maybe it's because this describes your life. You're busy. You're hurrying. And in fact, you have said, man, this is a great thing. And God's saying to you tonight, no, it's not. You need to slow down. You need to chill. Hurry is the enemy to care. So what if I change my life? And what if you change your life? I want you to choose one of the three things I'm about to mention to work on over the next week. You know, sometimes you hear messages and you're like, okay, so what am I supposed to do with this? I hope this next part will be so practical that you're like, okay, this is the one thing that I want to work on. I want you to choose one of the three things I'm about to mention to work on over the next week. The one you feel you're the weakest at currently and needs the most work. Don't get overwhelmed by trying to do everything. This is a call to action. Choose one thing. Here's the first thing it could be for you. Rest your body. Rest your body. Sleep. How about that? Psalm 127 verse 2 says this, for he gives to his beloved sleep. So if you needed permission, like if you're like, show me the Bible verse that says that it's okay to sleep. There you have it. There you have it. Some of you think, man, I'm about to stay up all night working hard and burning the midnight oil. And man, we're trying to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It makes me more spiritual. God's like, nah, where'd you get that from? Psalm 127 verse 2 says, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Somebody type sleep in the chat box. Sleep. Because some of y'all need to hear that. You got bags on your eyes. You're too young to have bags in your eyes. You need to rest, okay? Rest is holy. And if you don't take time off, your body will make time off. Do you hear me? Here's the next thing. Maybe this next one is for you. Recharge your emotions. Practically, find a quiet place this week to retreat to and leave your technology behind. Go to a park, walk in your neighborhood, go to the beach, socially distance, of course, but chill, recharge your emotions. Recently, over the last couple of weeks, on Saturday at sundown until Sunday at noon, one of the things that has helped me is I've just turned my cell phone completely off. And it's been so stinking good for my soul. It's allowed me to be fully present with God, with my family, and even allow the Lord just, just to, man, just speak to me. Link up with a good friend who gives you life this week and hang out. You have a good friend that when you're around them, like you just laugh. Like they just make you laugh when you're around them. You're just like, I just love hanging out with them. In fact, write the name of a good friend in the chat box right now. You're like, yep, I got a friend. And when I hang out with them, they give me life. Recreation, by the way, can recharge your emotions. Go for a run. Play a pickup game of, of basketball if you can. Socially distance, of course. Read a good book. Do some journaling. Does anybody journal? Raise your hand if you're like, I love to journal, Jay. I love to journal. I see you out there. Yeah, do some journaling. By the way, you don't have to spend money to recharge your emotions. Don't go broke trying to recharge your emotions. That's just committing emotional suicide. Here's the last thing I'll say to you is this. 
Renew your spirit. Maybe that is something for you. Set aside time to spend in God's word this week, even if it's just for one day. Have a 30-minute worship session by listening and playing your favorite worship songs. You ever been there? You ever had a moment where you like just sat in your car and just like turned on worship songs and it was just like the best time you ever had? I know for me, I've been there. <laughs> There's times, honestly, don't tell my wife, where I will show up and just before going into the house, I'm like, I just need to sit in my car just for a little bit and just turn the music up, you know? It's just awesome. Spend 15 minutes in prayer this week or man, try out a, a family group. Renew your spirit. Imagine what our BCM family will look like if we all rally behind this one point for tonight. Hurry is the enemy to care. And imagine what your life will look like if you chose one of the three things that are on, that have been on the screen tonight to really work on this week. Resting your body or recharging your emotions or renewing your spirit. I believe you all would have a closer connection with God, with others, and even a clearer picture of what's going on in our own soul. As we finish tonight, I want to read one last verse over you from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, and it says this. Are you tired? Are you tired? Are you worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Can I ask you two questions? How is God speaking to you tonight? And what are you going to do about it? I want you to think about that. And in a few moments, after Sarah comes and gives a few announcements, listen, I, I want to encourage as many of you that possibly can, jump into one of these small groups. Man, allow some friends to speak into your life. You can speak into theirs. And as you wrestle with these questions, how is God speaking to you tonight? And what are you going to do about it? So grateful that you would take the time to hang out with us tonight. And we try not to take too long, but we do want to give God's word the, and the respect and the attention that it deserves. Right where you are, would you pray with me? And then we'll have a few announcements and then your small groups. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this simple maybe reminder for some of us that hurry is the enemy to care. Would you give us clarity on one of the three things that you are calling us to work on over the course of this next week? It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Right where you are, would you say amen? And would you welcome Miss Sadiq?